It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Will LeBron guard Paul George more? Can Doc Rivers dig his team out of the hole they're in? Does anyone have a shot at beating the Warriors? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. I am joined as always by Coach Dave, Dave Dufour, every Monday. We're going to go through the weekend uh, in a little bit of a bleary-eyed manner, I would imagine. Right, Dave? Yeah, yeah. this was... This was the best weekend we've had for basketball in a long time, but also a crazy weekend as well. Oh, I know. Just and so I'm, many games. Yeah, I'm, I'm all hopped up on cake and sugar, and I'm ready <laughs> to go. Uh, I, although I might crash in the middle of this. We'll see how we do, but certainly I'm ready to start. So I guess we should start with yesterday, with Saturday's games. They had a full slate, and uh, we had a Pacers-Cavaliers, and the Pacers gave the Cavs all they could handle. I mean, like within an inch of their life, just about had it and missed on a last-second shot. That was a pretty good look. Let's go backwards on that one. What did you think of the last play? Okay, so as listeners of the podcast who also watched our post-game show already know, I actually fell asleep when the Cavs had like an 11-point lead. So I had to go back after uh, that embarrassing moment and uh, and rewatch the last play. And so I don't really have a problem with it. I, I think it was actually – he got a good look. Um, I would love to have seen him maybe hit uh, Paul George on the cut. Yeah, I think that would have been fantastic. Uh, but no, I, I was okay with CJ Miles taking that shot. I mean, it was, it's an open shot, end of game scenario, and you know, any open shot is a good one, right? Yeah, they could have gotten better action to attack it, but you know, th- that was like the safe pass they could make. Uh, Paul George later kind of. I half half threw him under the bus and said like I have to take that shot and I talked to him whatever and I and I, it's true it's, it would be nice to have seen him take that shot as well but uh, you know when you're looking at the expected point value of these different shots I would imagine that 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 shot has to be pretty close to whatever uh, Paul George would have gotten against LeBron. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm comfortable with CJ Miles, who's a pretty good shooter, taking an open jump shot. Like I think that it's bad form on. Paul George's part to to say something like that. I mean, I get it. He's the star, and I mean, he, and he was fantastic in that game. You know, twenty nine, five, seven, uh, played really good defense. I mean, he basically was, you know, six of eight from downtown. He was basically getting anything he wanted offensively, and so I understand sort of where he's coming from. But at the same time, you know, it is a team sport. You know, you you're not gonna ever have a case where one guy just does everything. Right. And has success. Well, yeah. And then also, just as a general overview of the series, I'm going to call LeBron out. I'm going to call Tyron Lue out. 
Uh, he's not guarding Paul George, and if he doesn't, they're going to be in for a world of pain. They, they and, and by the way, they might be able to sweep this series, but I bet you all these games are going to go that to the, like down to the wire like this, and they're going to expend a lot of energy, and they have no answer for Paul George without LeBron guarding him. And I thought it was kind of you know bad, not bad form, but kind of embarrassing. He's had he's guarded um, uh, Monte Ellis. And again, uh, McMillan has no, you know, also has had a very poor showing in my mind. And even even still, they walked away feeling good by themselves. But still, they didn't have Ellis attack on pin downs with LeBron guarding him, which would have been a really good idea. And then they don't go to Miles Turner when Kevin Love was guarding him. Um, kind of inexplicable for playoff basketball. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the Nate McMillan hiring uh, when it happened last last summer. Um, I just don't think he's a great coach. I think he's he's been a pretty good assistant, it seems, and obviously, you know, like he's got the basketball pedigree. But I just don't know that he's uh, great at getting his teams prepared, and that's how they looked for most of the game. They they really did look like they were just not well coached. And the other thing is their rotations were not good. I mean, Jeff Teague was getting attacked every single time he was on the court. You know the the. The Cavs were just going at him. And then on the offensive end, I mean, he puts up 15 points, but like three of 10 shooting. Um, you know, he, he went to the line a lot, but but really just didn't do much. He was borderline unplayable for them, uh, especially if he's not hitting shots. If he's not scoring for you, I don't see how you can keep him on the court. And I think that, you know, Lance Stevenson was fantastic. He was plus seven for the game um, and, and really just was the only guy besides Paul George that was – creating for other people and creating his own shot. I mean, he, he was really fantastic. Right. Uh, I felt, I, th- I thought that, you know, like Paul George was obviously the best player for them, but I think Lance Stevenson was the most important player to keep, to get this game close. Yeah. And you know, he played 27 minutes and he probably should have played like 25. Uh, you know, like there's, there's with Lance, you got to figure out just as you can play him just long enough until he, before he hurts you. And I think down the stretch, a couple of wonky plays uh, that, that hurt them, you know, and also it could have been they're not used to him. He's just he's still new. But he'll do something that'll hurt you as well. But he was he was very good. Teague was very bad and then hits a three at the end in crunch time that actually, like, was was instrumental. I think gave him a lead, I believe, at the very late. Um, and so he kind of saved the day a little bit there. But it kind of fell apart. And then, you know, like when we talk about bad coaching, you know, they had a moment in the second quarter or something where J.R. Smith gets a wide-open shot on an out-of-bounds play because they're not guarding their men. They didn't know who they were guarding. And you think they would have liked that three-pointer back? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you lose a game by one, and you, you can start to kind of, you know, pick all of the spots where you just gave up easy buckets. And that J.R. Smith three, you know, for a guy that ha- he really hasn't found his rhythm shooting yet since he returned from injury, any kind of contest against that guy and, and you're, you know, you're lowering his percentage significantly. Yeah, or, or, like, yeah, or just how about all five guys know who they are guarding before the yeah. ball is inbounded? I mean, that's as simple as that. They also blew a, a shot clock violation when they had an out of bounds play to know what everyone knew was happening, and they blew that one. And that's, you know, let's not call it two points or three. Let's say just call it one. Well, now sure. you're dealing with like four points that you're already giving away. And that was, believe me, the tip of the iceberg. Um, so kind of frustrating because, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, like, you know, if the Pacers were, were to have stolen game one on the road, uh, you know, that changes the complexion of this whole series. And now, you know, I bet you the Cavs will probably win. They'll probably win going away in game two. Up, they'll go into Indiana up 2-0, um, you know, with probably more of a ho-hum first-round series. 
Yeah, I agree. Has this changed your mind at all about about the series? Do you do you think you thought it was going to be a sweep, right? Oh, I, you know what? I don't remember, but I, you know, I, I didn't have a high hopes for the Pacers. But certainly after Game One, um, if the if the Cavs are going to defend like this, and by the way, everybody yelled at me when I asked on Twitter uh, if uh, if LeBron is going to get the same kind of shit as Curry does for supposedly not guarding the point guards. Yeah. Um, they're all like, well, he's 32 and he's played all these years. I'm like, well, I, I thought that was the whole point of the regular season was to, you know, coast through that so that he'd be ready now. And I guess, no, no, he's not. He's saving himself for the conference finals. Well, let me tell you, another game like this and uh, the conference finals will not be in their cards. Wow. Wow. All right. If I, so- if I don't see anything better out of them, you know, going forward. Uh, well, I, I don't know. They're going to get beat by. I mean, they can get beat by Washington playing like this. I I agree, and we will talk about Washington when we get to that game. But let's move to uh, the the shocker from yesterday with Milwaukee really beating the shit out of the Raptors. I mean, there's no other way to say that. Like they they dominated this game. Oh yeah, and it was all. I mean, the Greek freak. But here's the thing. My, my favorite part about it was um, that they the Greg Monroe, like you know, his stats were were good. Uh, but, but he was a plus 15, but um, he deserved the game ball. I mean, he he made crucial play after crucial play and was that low post presence that, they, that they've been looking for uh, as a veteran to come in and not be intimidated by the moment. Uh, he was just terrific. And um, and yeah, and then then you have the Greek freak was just out of this world. I mean, he's a guy who's gonna. We're, we might look back at like let's just say they win the series or whatever. We might look back and wonder like why he wasn't in the conversation for MVP this year. <laughs> you know, like it's funny that that's a conversation that I've heard quite a bit since yesterday's game. Uh-huh. Um, and he he was amazing, and it's, he's the easy thing to talk about. But I'm glad you brought up Greg Monroe. I actually talked about him. Uh, as being one of the keys to this series for Milwaukee because, you know, they, they need to match the size that Toronto has inside. And Monroe is kind of the only more traditional big that can do that. And he had 15 rebounds, but five offensive rebounds. Like, that's just huge for this team. Mm-hmm. They don't really shoot the lights out. And so anytime they can snag those boards, I, I, it's just so important. And he had five. Like, they only had nine as a team, and he had five of them. I, I just thought that was that was massive. Um, but also his defense was really good. And, and this is something I've seen, you know, for the last few months. He's been very active, and he plays so well with Chris Middleton. I mean, Middleton was plus 27 um, on the game and uh, and didn't shoot well at all but had nine assists. Like, this was uh, – I don't know. This is why the Bucks I think, are a little bit scary. Like, uh, they could just – they can do some things defensively, and if they can just score enough like they did yesterday. I mean, they only put 97 points, but but holding the Raptors to 83 points is that's, – that's something. I mean, the Raptors shot 36% for the game. Like, I mean, that's – you're not going to win many games shooting that low. So Right. Yeah, and then, you know, DeRozan had another typical playoff performance where he shot very poorly. Got to the line, so he had 27 points. Uh, and eight rebounds, but really ineffectual. Like I felt like they were quiet points, didn't really wasn't there when they needed him at all. And then Kyle Lowry kind of looks like what we thought he was going to look like when he came back, even though he did shoot well for like two of those three games he came back. We thought, oh, well, then this wrist must be healed and whatever. But this is more typical than I thought was going to happen. Over six from three and uh, really screwing the pooch down the stretch as well. Uh, it it well, was a, uh, it's a yeah. It's playoff Kyle Lowry, though. I mean, you know, I, I like to I like to sometimes write some of those things off, 
But we're getting a big enough sample size, I think, where where there's definitely a drop off from regular season Lowry to playoff Lowry um, in shooting. It's like really he just misses some threes that he would normally make. Yeah. Like wide open ones. And it's just there's I cannot come up with an explanation for it. Right. I mean, it's, it's funny because, you know, he's my height. He's not that fast. He's not that athletic. And yet he drives the basket and gets his shot off in there, too. And that's always what's been more amazing to me than anything else. But when you get into the playoffs and that's a whole other beast, that's the other issue. It's like suddenly those shots are even harder and they're ISOing to get them, uh, you know. I, I had I had vined a uh, when, they, when Casey was forced to call a timeout in that fourth quarter and it was looking really bad. I I said that he he really he probably can't sit down because he's going to burn his ass. That seat is so hot right now. Yeah, I mean if Toronto if Toronto somehow loses this series, I don't think there's any way Casey has this job next year. And I you know I I like Dwayne Casey. I actually think he's a pretty decent coach. I think he's gotten a lot out of the talent that he has. Um, but this is probably the most talent this team has had ever in during this run. And to, to have a first round failure after, you know, getting a Baca after getting PJ Tucker, I think that I, I just don't see a way that he would keep his job. Right. I agree. I'm not that high on him either. I've been pretty brutal and I probably maybe more than I needed to be, but, uh, I don't know. I just feel like. Uh, I call it like I see it, and I feel like I just haven't seen enough from on his end from rotation stuff and the, who he plays uh, to what they run that uh, makes me feel that he uh, is in that upper level of coaching, you know, rankings. And uh, that you know, it's it's uh, interesting. We'll have to see how they come out. I imagine the crowd's going to be crazy, and they're going to come out really strong. And the Raptors will probably, probably have like a big lead, and then we'll get to find out what the Bucks are made of. That's right. I mean, you know, the Giannis dunking on everyone uh, during that game yesterday really took the crowd out of it. And Toronto's crowd is fantastic. And so, um, you know, it's not easy to get them out of the game. But, man, Giannis was something else. Uh, Okay, so Memphis, San Antonio. Um, This one, I feel like we can just kind of recap this pretty quickly. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, 32 points, 11 of 14 shooting, 9 of 9 from the line. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Amazing defense. He actually there was there was uh, a Conley Gasol pick and roll, and Kawhi Leonard did everything that you would ever want a defender to do on the primary ball handler. Um, you know, first he he denies the screen, and then Conley is good, right? Like Conley is a, a savvy pick and roll uh, ball handler. He gets to the screen, so. They do a little bit of a switch, and Kawhi now has to cut off the pass to Gasol. But then they switch back, and before you know it, <laughs> Kawhi is back up on Conley, pressuring the ball, gets him to throw the ball away. And it's just – you watch something like that happen, and, and you know, it's hard to say, wow, this guy is not the best defender in the league. I mean, it, it's, it's such a toss-up between him and Draymond Green to me. Mm-hmm. But every time it's like I go back and forth because at, when we talk about the Golden State game that was today, right? That's, yeah, there's a better. textbook Draymond game. Yeah, so I mean, anyway, yeah, yeah, it's it's really really tough, and they're and they're both so good. And they're so smart, uh, mm-hmm. position wise. They 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 not only are they already quick and long arms and all that stuff, but they they also increase their advantage because they're there early uh, to spots. It's really yeah. a, a, a they anticipate. Behold. It's funny they anticipate things on that. Jordan Pippen level, um, you know, like I, I don't think I've ever seen, or at least since those two guys, people anticipating what's happening 
when they're playing defense the way that Kawhi and Draymond do. I mean, they're just everywhere. It's it's insane. But anyway, so quick recap. That's it. Yeah. Uh, well, Kawhi, although I, I do want to say one thing because in the first half, it was a bit of a close game. Um, and Memphis had a lead for a little bit. You know, when I've said it before, when Gasol plays like he's a 25-point-per-game score is when they're at their best. And he actually ended up having 32 points and five boards. But, you know, he gets disconnected at some point and doesn't get as aggressive as he needs to be. And I feel like they need to just play through him almost every time and expect him to shoot it. Like, he needs to take 24 shots a game. He needs to take at least six more, I would say. Yeah. And just he really should have had 40. He should have had 40 yesterday. And, I, you know, I feel like when you've got a Mike Conley, I understand. You want to put the ball in his hands, let him make things happen. But when he's off the court and you've got Gasol out there, I would love to see them just put a bunch of really great cutters around him and, and kind of run like what Denver does with Jokic. Um, not having Tony Allen really hurts. Although, uh, um, who was it uh, that was guarding? Oh, Wayne Selden. Guarding uh, Kawhi was very, very interesting. Um, he's got the physicality to be able to handle him a little bit. But Kawhi is just, you know, he's just too good right now. Uh, yeah, he, he really is. Um, so we'll see that. This, this series is going to be over. I don't think that – I think they're going to, uh, you know, they'll probably sweep him, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think it's going to be a sweep. I, I just think the Spurs are really, really, really great. I mean, yeah, this the, the Spurs, I think, have a shot at, at – possibly beating Golden State. I don't know that anybody else does, but I think the Spurs yeah. have a chance. Um, yeah. So they're just, you know, they're on that next level. Um, Utah Clippers. Um, inter- yeah, this- interesting game. Went down to the wire. Joe Johnson is doing his thing like he's been doing for years. Um, it, it was an interesting end, by the way. It came up uh, really, you know, uh, it came up with my, my buddy Eric Pincus uh, got uh, roasted a little bit. And no one, you know, I don't know if anyone knew that was his voice asking Doc Rivers. And I, maybe I just outed him. But sorry, Eric. I love you. Um, but, uh, they, the, it, you know, the, the Clippers were able to tie the game with 10 seconds to go. You, you know, even though they had the ball, you know, they could have shot it earlier or later than that, like held it for the last shot. Um, sure. And so the question was, why didn't you like? Why would would you have considered holding it longer so that the uh, the uh, Jazz would not get the ball back for the game winner? And uh, Doc Rivers, did you see what, what Doc Rivers said? I did not. See you know, that. He says he goes. That's about the stupidest question I've ever heard. Something like that. Uh, and basically, he's right. You know, if you're down by two, you have to go, and you have to get it. You know, the best shot you can get as as quickly as you can without forcing it or rushing it. Because if you miss, you will need to get, maybe get a rebound, or you got to have time to foul and get the ball back. Uh, if you hold right. it to the last time, then you know you're gonna basically you, 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 all you all you could do is maybe tie it. Uh, you know, the other argument against it, I suppose, is that okay, you tie it, and now you're giving the ball back to the other team for the, to win the game with plenty of time. Uh, you can't really play it that way, right? You got to play it for the percentages of if you miss, you can rebound or get a foul. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think that you you've got to get you got to take the buckets you can get. Um, and and when you're down and trying to hit a a shot with uh, as little time possible left on the clock, yeah, yeah, you don't have that luxury. Um, so the the big story to me uh, yeah like joe joe johnson hitting that that game winner was amazing and the jazz stealing a game you know in la is huge for the jazz but losing rudy gobert 10 seconds into the game that's a crusher and you know as of right now there's no news as to whether he'll 
he'll be back. But the way he went down, it did not look good. I, I'd, I'd be, I'll be happy if he's able to come back in this series. But man, the way, like, just the way he, the way that injury looked, it did not look great. You know, prospects. it was funny. To me, I thought it was like, oh, it's not that bad from the one angle I saw. But then you saw the other angle from the side, and you saw that the, the knee bowed laterally. Uh, and that was like, yeah. Now, I don't I, I don't think he has a – what was the results? Did we get the results yet from the MRI? I, I haven't heard anything. Somebody told me on Twitter they did. And they, like, during the game, they got him back. And I'm like, really? They already had the results back that fast? But I haven't seen anything else. But I, I'm not even sure. I don't think he – he probably didn't tear anything, but I'm sure he really stretched those tendons out. And, um, you know, that's a tough one. He's so long uh, that if your knee is is loose at all like that, then he can't come back on the court uh, unless they can get him tightened up. Well, what what the MRI showed was that there was no ligament damage, uh, but he's got a bone bruise, which is what kept KD out for, you know, what was it, a month? But I would imagine, when you say that bone bruise is more like about pain, how much pain you can take? uh, There's some, but also, you know, like you said, it's – it could be like a mild sprain, you know, of the of the ligaments in the knee, and then you're more susceptible to further injury and things like that. And and like, if you're Utah, you have to think about the long term health of Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. You know, seven seven footers are notorious for having bad knees and feet and stuff like that. So like, you don't want to push a guy to play through a knee injury. As a matter of fact, you got to pr- probably protect him from himself a little bit. I know Rudy Gobert is is a gamer. And would probably be willing to come back and play on a sprained knee, but you know, for the long-term health of your franchise, you just can't do that. Yeah, and it's and it's also a very bad form on the Clippers' uh, point of view that they lost this game without Rudy Gobert playing. I mean, that just that cannot happen at home in the, in the opening round, uh, game of the series. It's just really bad form. Um, and you know, they got good. They you know, Chris Paul played well. Um, Blake Griffin didn't shoot well, but got, you know, filled up the points. Uh, but that was about it. I mean, they ended up, you know, sort of, you know, not really having a threat. And then, you know, they got caught with their pants down. I'm not even sure what you else would have done because they had Jamal Crawford out there to, in the last possession that they had. And without the Jazz calling timeout, very, very smartly, uh, Quinn Snyder knew he could get a mismatch with Joe Johnson. And there was nothing that Doc Rivers could do. So the only other question there was, well, should he have taken Jamal Crawford out for that last possession? But I don't think you can. He's your second-best scorer out there, and you're down by two. So I don't think that that was even a choice, right? No, it wasn't a choice. And and, and, I I will say, if we're going to second-guess him a little bit, you know, when Gobert goes out, then you've got this huge advantage in the middle. DeAndre Jordan is such a freak athlete. Um, and he only he, he only took seven shots last night. He only went to the free throw line once. And so I, I just think that that's a little bit inexcusable. You really got to find a way to not feed the post, but they should have just been running Chris Paul, DJ pick and rolls uh, yeah. all night. I mean, he had a big game on the glass. He had 15 boards, but... You know, you need a little bit more DJ, I think. I think he needs more touches with Gobert out. And this will be the only time I ever say that. Well, I, you know what? I, I, I've seen enough of his post-ups throughout the years to think that he should be getting a few of those a game. And it's kind of, you know, throw the guy a bone. And, you know, he's working yeah. so hard on defense. Let him post up twice or three times. Who's going to remember it anyway? And you know what? I've seen him do a nice move, a dream shakes, you know, right-handed over the left shoulder hook. And it goes yeah. in. So there's something there. There's ability there that he could do, and that would help them without question. Because 
you know, to watch Blake Griffin get those post ups makes me absolutely beside myself. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in every game, he, he he invents some new bizarre, you know, unfundamental way to, to attack. Listen, the basket man. Hey, hey. It's, there's no such thing as a fundamental. This guy is he's rewriting the rule book on footwork in the post. Right. That's right, all it exactly. is. It's okay, crazy. so uh, all right, so today's games, uh, Sunday's games, I should say, yes. um, our our favorite guys to watch, the Washington Wizards, they uh, they beat Atlanta by seven, but it felt like they won by like twenty. Um, they really, I, the starters for the Wizards. I mean, this is this has been a theme all season. The starters for for the Wizards were uh, plus eighteen, plus twenty, plus twenty one, plus eight, plus twenty one. John Wall being the lowest of that group, plus eight. Um, the bench was minus 13, minus 16, minus 10, minus 5, minus 9. I mean, Sadoransky was minus 5. He only played two minutes. So maybe throw that out. But still, this has been the problem for the Wizards all season long. Their starters are fantastic, and their bench is terrible. So they only won by, like I said, they only won by seven, but they really they handled this game. Right. Um, Mark uh, Markeith Markeith Morris was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was he was great. Uh, and there's nothing there's not there's not enough superlatives for John Wall. I mean he he was beating him down the court and and getting in transition or early offense. Uh, you know, and 14 assists. He was just very impressive. Then you got Beal, who just does yeoman's work. Uh, didn't shoot great, but like just gets his 22 points. I, you know, Kelly Oubre off the bench did very well. Like I know his his plus minus was low, but he ended up having 11 points and three boards and assist and hit a three. That was a nice three that got him going. Um, and he's just that guy. I mean, if they can get any other kind of production out of uh, one of those other guys coming off the bench, then they're certainly in good enough shape to handle the Hawks. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, the Wizards only shot 28 percent from deep in this game. So, oh, and then, you know, the biggest thing that stood out to me was the way that the Wizards were officiated. They took 17 free throws, and Atlanta took 39. Yeah. And That's... somehow still won this game running away. Uh, you know, like I said, they only won by seven, but it felt much bigger. Yeah. So I, I think that this was this was a big win for the Wizards. Um, I know that they probably felt like they had a lot of pressure because they had such a good season. And uh, yeah, I thought they thought they did well, and they're so much fun to watch when they're out and running. Oh, absolutely! I mean, I love watching John Wall out there in the break. He's so fast um, and creative. Uh, there, there was there was highlights to be had in that game for sure. And so the Hawks, you know, I, I would imagine they they come back home down to nothing. Uh, and this is the question of can the Wizards get enough of the experience of, of the playoffs in this series to then, you know, uh, allow them to compete with the Cavs without without that experience? They, you know, they're simply not going to have the same amount of experience that the Cavs have. All those guys have had played, what, you know, at least those three years of deep championship runs. So um, they're going to need to get it on a fly. kind of reminds me of like when the Bulls beat uh, Cleveland uh, with the Michael Jordan, the shot in 89. And right. as far as I remember, they ended up playing the Knicks the next round, and it's kind of like they were—they couldn't believe they were there. And but like they rode that momentum and right, right to the conference finals against the Pistons, and it was right. one of those things where this—this this is what the Wizards probably are hoping they can do is you know win that first round and kind of ride the momentum and can keep going and and uh, and get that confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Portland Golden State, uh, the Warriors won by twelve, despite. Clay Thompson going six of 16 from the field. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Durant put up 
one of the easiest 30-point games I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he was 12 of 20. He didn't look like he was breaking a sweat out there. I mean, it was it was fantastic. Um, to me, this uh, real star of the game was uh, Ian Clark, though. Like, 12 points in 12 minutes. And uh, just that guy is so good. And he's going to get paid big time this summer. He's going to be one of those people who – that uh, next season, people are going to say, "Wow, I can't believe this guy is making fifteen million a year or whatever he's going to make." Um, but he's he's a really good player. Yeah, well, I mean, I, or, or the argument's going to be he's going to get wherever else he's going to go, not get in the, in the same situation and really struggle. I can't tell with him because there it's up and down. There are times when he's not like the best player on the floor, but he is really yeah, like you said, like he's the guy who's like making them go, uh, which is crazy when you got guys like uh, Durant and Curry. Um, but we'll have to kind of see what I liked about what was going on with the um, rotations is how, you know, I like how Kerr is managing these guys where he's able to have like Clay and Draymond on the same time and let Curry and KD rest and they can right. flip that. So, you know, he's never, without, way, you know, a nice balance. Yeah. By the way, I'm an, I'm an idiot. Cause the star of the game was uh, Draymond Green for the Warriors. Sorry. <laughs> Ian Clark was great, but um, yeah, Draymond with the 1912, nine assists, five blocks, three steals, and how many highlight defensive plays did he make in that game? Well, I'm going to do a quickie breakdown tomorrow on this game, and it's just going to focus on his defense. Because I have a feeling if I go through the other half-court possessions, I'm going to see even more that like people didn't point out or we didn't see that were low-key. Um, because, I mean, it was a tour de force, and he was everywhere. I mean, he, they're going to wake up in the middle of the night. The Blazers are, you know, with nightmares yelling, Draymond, because – I, like it, he had a block on, and I know it was on Damian Lillard, who was you know five inches shorter than him, whatever he is. But um, he came all the way from the like the corner on a break, saw the play, sprinted, elevated, beautiful block. Um, you know, just all those plays have every play he made on the defensive end were just was more impressive than the last. Yeah, it, he was incredible. Um, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Lillard and McCollum. Um, those guys were spectacular especially in the first half mm -hmm. and uh i mean cj mccollum had 27 at, at halftime uh was getting to any spot he wants on the court those two guys were amazing they, they put up 75 combined points the problem is that the rest of the team only put up what 34 yeah. um so like we talked about when we were previewing the playoffs uh and this series in particular Dame and CJ can score 80, but the rest of the team has to do something, and they're just not doing enough. And, you know, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Cleveland flipping a switch come playoff time. Well, Golden State sort of flips a switch during games where they where they really lock in defensively, and that powers their offense. And, and yesterday was just a clinic. The fourth quarter was just insane defensively. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, uh, it was breathtaking and, like, uh, when when they went on that run, they broke the game. It was like it was uh, it was intimidating just to watch. It's they were that good uh, defensively, which is the the reason why I even on Twitter was like they 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 will win the title. Like there is nobody that can match that intensity and that length um, and all the things that they can do. You know, and, and I feel like I got to look at the number or the lineup data, but I feel like we didn't even see the lineup of death uh, much. Uh, maybe like later in the fourth. I just remember like KD came in a little bit later. I got to look. Um, they played a little bit in the first, I know for sure. I, I can't remember. When they went on that run, I think Livingston was out there. 
Right. And so, yeah, I feel like, you know, they're, they're getting, they got that turn without him out there. And then, you know, the other thing was they, they, they were able to extend the lead a little bit before, uh, I think, before KD came back. And I think before Curry came back in the fourth, and which is just huge for them because then they come back in and then, bam, they, then they can just end the game right away. And then to me, like one of the most important stats is that Draymond played 37 minutes, KD played 36, uh, Steph Curry played 36, Klay Thompson played 35. So they were able to win this game in the playoffs, running away, and they kept their guys' minutes in check. You know, like CJ played 41 minutes. Yeah, uh, LeBron. Way, played, let, let me just say, that CJ was was amazing. Uh, he on, was, on, but on the defensive end too, he was he was giving all out in great position for a lot of those shots and and doing really really well. Probably the best defense I've seen him play uh, in his career, and I've seen yeah. quite a number of games. So he was, uh, he was great, but you could tell in the fourth quarter they yeah. were running out of gas. Um, the Blazers only had 15 team assists. So a lot of their buckets came on one-on-ones. You know, like Dame and CJ were on fire, but it was a lot of one-on-one stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Warriors are willing to let you take some tough one-on-one shots. If you hit them, you know what? You just tip the cap. Um, but they're not letting you get a whole lot of easy buckets. And these guys happened to hit a lot of tough shots yesterday. So uh, I don't – I don't ex- or today, I don't expect to uh, – to see this sort of performance going forward, I think that this is the rest of these games are going to be pretty easy for the Warriors. Oh, really? I don't know. I'm sensing that we're going to have a lot of entertainment uh, in, in store. Uh, I, I mean, again, easy yeah, I is hope. relative, yeah. but I think we're going to have some fun games. I, I bet you one of those guys is really going to go off, either Dame or, or, or CJ. I mean, like 50-something, and they might win that one. Um, we'll see. But uh, either way, it, 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 should be like, it should be a fun uh, series, no matter how long it is. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they're they're fun to watch, and so I just think that Golden State is probably going to take care of it pretty easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so Boston and Chicago, which was the only upset that we've had so far. Oh, well, I mean, sorry, the second what? upset that we've had so far. It's it's late at night right now. It is. Um. So first, uh, very emotional for the for the Celtics. Isaiah Thomas's sister passed away in a car accident. Uh, yesterday and um, yeah, so that you could you could really feel like the emotion of this game and uh, Isaiah Thomas was spectacular, but the the problem that we've talked about with Boston all season, Isaiah Thomas is their only guy who can create any sort of offense, and uh, it reared its ugly head today because Jimmy Butler is a good defender and they will just stick Jimmy Butler on Isaiah Thomas and now you got to figure it out. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a tough conundrum. I, I definitely feel like the 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 issue that Isaiah is dealing with now, uh, unfortunately, ha- was hanging over their head too. Uh, and if they can get away from that a little bit as time, you know, a couple days go by or something, that might help them. And I imagine they're, they're going to get the next game anyway, just because you know they're home. But um, but yeah, no, it, it was it's it's it, it's in a, a really interesting thing here because I think we both expected the Bulls to kind of lie down and sort of you know. Uh, not necessarily be that excited that they were in the playoffs to begin with. Yeah, so they destroyed Boston on the glass, just completely destroyed them. And you know, this is another thing that Boston has a hard time with. Um, they were out rebound by 17 total rebounds. They gave up 20 offensive rebounds to the Bulls, so the Bulls were getting tons of second chance opportunities. Uh, Jimmy Butler was pretty pretty damn good. Uh, 30 points, went to the line, you know, took 12 free throws. 
And that's a winning formula for the Bulls. Uh, Wade was actually okay. I mean, he was 4 of 12, but he wasn't a total garbage fire when he was out there. Mm-hmm. And and Rondo was okay. It, it's kind of weird, man. Like, I don't know what is going to happen with, with this series, really. I know a lot of people think it's an upset waiting to happen. I still think the Celtics are going to win. But the Bulls showed today that, that they, they're just funky enough that they match up really well with the Celtics. You know, what's interesting for me is I have this theory, and we're kind of still compiling the data to, make, to figure out what the golden rule is. But the, the theory being that if you get out-rebounded, and you could even get out-rebounded and out-turnovered or turn the ball over more than the other team, but if you get an X amount more threes, you'll win the game anyway. And the Warriors certainly showed us that you know in the years past where they would get out-rebounded, whatever, or they, and they'd turn the ball over, but they'd win because they'd have seven more threes than the other team. But this is an interesting game because the Celtics did hit six more threes. That's 18 extra points they got from the behind the three-point line, and yet they couldn't get any closer than four. Uh, that bodes very poorly. Yeah, I, I just don't know what they're going to do, how they're going to solve their offensive creation issues. Um, obviously, Brad Stevens is a good coach, but they're, they're – I don't know, man. They they rely on one guy to initiate all of their offense on like ninety percent of their half court possessions. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're gonna have to figure something out and figure it out fast. I don't. I just maybe maybe a little bit more Jalen Brown. Yeah. Well, here's my thought: is if they go down 0-2, then they have to. I think they have to start Kelly Olynyk instead of Amir Johnson. They need to do something where you know at least Olenek has somewhat of an ability to kind of stretch the floor a little bit more. Even though Amir hits some threes every once in a while, uh, he doesn't have the ball handling ability that Olenek does. And um, I have to imagine if they're down 0-2, they're going to have to do a lineup change. I would, I mean, unless unless they consider that panicking, but you know, or, or you, you should be panicking. <laughs> down right. Love to down going 0-2 to Chicago. And you're one seed. Yeah, you should panic. So yeah, so I would imagine that would be the first thing they would do is get Olenek in the starting lineup. And uh, and then, and then in game two, if it's going south early, they're gonna have to you know it's just the lineups. They don't have any other choice. They have all the plays are the plays, and the coach you know the only thing you can really meddle with too much is is who you're playing when when they come in or how early. So that that would be my my look for sure. Would be Olena getting more time, and yeah, maybe Jalen Brown as well. I mean, certainly he he did nicely when he was in there. Yeah, uh, and then we had OKC and Houston to wrap up the long weekend. Um, that game just ended. James Harden was pretty spectacular, especially in the second half. Uh, 37 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, uh, some really solid defense. And just, uh, yeah, I mean, the Rockets won, what, 118 to 87. It was was close, uh, though. It was very close uh, up until, uh, what, the beginning of the fourth quarter-ish. And I think that was what killed them was that Russ went to the bench for much-needed rest. And they, that was it. That, they, 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 they needed to get him in earlier. He only played 34 minutes. I mean, I think by that, once it kind of got out of the hand, then they, could, they didn't have to deal with him going, going back to him again in the fourth, later in the fourth. But um, that's a real issue. When he's on the bench, it's like there, there's not much they can do. Yeah. Look, this is where the regular season, you know, they didn't have these guys like Oladipo and, you know, uh, Kristen. They didn't have them doing enough creation. When, when Russ wasn't out there. I mean, it doesn't help that Oladipo went one for 12. Um, you know, it doesn't help that uh, – where was the other guy that I was talking about? Oh, it didn't help that uh, Doug McDermott can only play three minutes 
You know, like you just can't put him on the court. I mean, like especially when Russ isn't out there, you need at least have some guys that can that can shoot and he can shoot. Yeah. Um, you can't play Cantor because he's going to get roasted in the pick and roll. And that's, you know, Houston's offense basically is to to pick and roll. And um, they've got some really good bigs. Capella and Nene was great tonight. He was amazing tonight. Yeah. But the real uh, story here, we got the real story is Patrick Beverly. Um, oh, he, Absolutely. He, yeah, I mean, and I, I bind this one. He got flattened by a screen by Stephen Adams, and it was definitely, you know, a, a, a statement pick. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're still remembering what Pe- Pe- Beverly did to uh, Westbrook years ago and injuring his knee. But he, he laid some wood. He leaned into it. He turned his body for a little extra effect and a little extra physicality. No call. Like, but the dude, not only did he not did he get up from that, and he, but Patrick Beverly was up. He was fine. He hits like two threes in a row out of that one, leading to the out-of-timeout time that basically like gave the control of the game. And that was the more interesting, amazing thing than any of them all, was that he was able to you know, still hit a three. He had his bell rung. Oh, yeah. Dude, that guy – all right, so there's a bunch of guys that I really love in the NBA. Like, I love Jay Crowder, right? I love Draymond Green. I love Pat Beverly. That's, he's one of my favorite dudes to watch. Not only, not only because he's actually a pretty good offensive player. You know, like there, there's a lot said about like because I guess he plays next to Harden and he's such a hard nosed defender that it's there's this misconception that he he is a zero on offense, but the guy can shoot threes, he can handle the rock, um, but he had ten rebounds tonight. You know, like that's that's huge. They had seventeen rebounds from their starting backcourt tonight. Yeah, he was and, just and, you know plays. he was he was fantastic. He was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's a great matchup to watch him go at Westbrook on the defensive end. And Westbrook did not do well against it. Six for 23 from the field, three for 11 from the three-point line with a number of bad shots. I mean, we, we kind of got the, the, the bad rust, the rust that we, I would have expected for the playoffs. And, I, you know, I just did a video, and, you know, I'm doing a series. I'll do the next one on, on Harden, but, like, why Russ was the MVP. The first one was why Kawhi was the MVP. And all the Russ fans got really mad at me, and I, I guess I kind of understand why. It was because I'm going through all his categories, and on Synergy – you know, he's not ranked very high on some key categories like pick and roll. So I figured, well, all right, you know, and like with Kawhi, Kawhi is elite in every category he does mostly. Uh, and so there wasn't anything to show that he doesn't do well. But with Russ, I mean, he, he was almost dead last in a couple of these things. So I figured I might as well show them, you know, what, what the downfalls are as well as how he scores and all that stuff. And, man, I just got roasted and it's like uh, you can't win when you try and talk to the Russ fans. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's winning. He's putting up numbers on volume, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, for for people that are still stuck doing counting stats, yeah, right. Like this is this is the world we live in. Um, not to say that they don't matter, because if you score thirty points, you scored thirty points, right? Like that that's great. Um, but what was he taking? Six six more shots per game than Harden. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. if you do Harden's points per shot. I'm pretty sure it works out. So Harden winds up averaging like 36 points a game if he shoots the same amount as as Russ. And then we're not even having this conversation. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, and again, it's an amazing season. It was a historical, and you know, yeah. the triple doubles captured the, the, the narrative. You know, he, he got a, a one rebound a game on the free throw that they're clearing out for him to get. Uh, if he doesn't get the triple-double, is he you know, in the conversation? I imagine he would still be in the conversation. But I was just talking about this at, at dinner tonight. 
it still feels like there's got to be 10 to 12 NBA players that, given that much usage, could get very similar numbers or the same numbers or not better. And, sure. um, you know, and so as a result, like, like, you know, Nick Young, if he had the green light and played 32 minutes a game, he could score 27 a game, I think, right? Like, you know, if he got the right amount of minutes and he, you know, whatever, he could do it. Like, NBA players are really good. Um, and so I feel like there are a number out there, not, not a lot, but enough that you give them 40% usage rate and they're going to be pretty damn close to triple double. And they're all going to turn the ball over a lot, which is, you know, par for the course. Um, and as a result, uh, here we are with Russ, you know, getting all the accolades and he's going to win it from what I can see. It looks like the votes that have kind of come out already. look like it's pretty clear. Yeah. And, and unfortunately that's just going to add fuel to the fire of the people that are wrong about who the MVP really should be. Um, but, which is basically anybody that doesn't think it's Kawhi or James Harden. Right. That's the camp I'm in. I'm going to, I'm going to die on that hill. I just, I just don't see how your team wins 47 games and you're the MVP. Like again, I, it, whatever it, 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 this is, uh, again, this is why I don't like talking about the MVP. Cause I feel like I've said all this stuff like 20 times. Yeah. Right. Well, we did and we have, and I just needed to get yeah. some things off my chest from this yeah, video no, because but, of that. But, uh, Oh, well, we'll see how that plays out. So far, people have been watching it, so I can't uh, complain about that. But uh, I can't believe it. We ran through all the games. Yeah, I know. Not bad. Not bad at all. That was a really good, you know, hyper-efficient way of getting through them and uh, with a lot of really good insights, Dave. So, you know, I think uh, I'm anxious to see what's going to happen, you know, in the, in the game twos uh, as we progress through this week. We can kind of keep our sanity about us and stay awake. So, um you know, well, you're gonna watch, is, we're, we'll be all in, all in for the next uh, several days. That's right. So game two is where we where we'll see our first adjustments. Yeah. You know, you're not seeing a lot of adjustments at half of the first game, but but we're gonna probably see a lot. I wonder who's gonna overcorrect, and who's gonna just say, well, we're gonna stick with what's got us here. And I, if I had to if I had to guess, I would say Toronto is in for an overcorrection. You mean like sure. changing the starting lineup? Or, or just something that's that's – they're going to go too far, okay. you know, at least to start. Um, I would say Toronto may be in for an overcorrection. And then I wonder if Cleveland doesn't, doesn't do something a little more drastic. And it may be schematic. Uh, it may not be personnel, but it, it may be that we see LeBron – starting out guarding Paul George. Please. And you know what? I don't even care. I get it. I get why they don't do that, but we deserve it. All I want to do is see those guys go back and forth. And that's all. Is it too much to ask is the question. No, I mean, we, well, we got a taste of it in that matchup at the end of the regular season between those two. And, and I just want more of that. Give me, yeah. give me that for six games. Absolutely. So, uh, well, hopefully we get that. Um, I'm glad that we could guard each other tonight and uh, and uh, shut each other down, or or I don't know what we did. Tonight, oh, I'm, getting, but... I'm getting shots up, man. I, I'm I'm just taking those assists from you. Oh, okay, good. Well, uh, yeah, I'm I'm about to get hot, so look out. <laughs> um, well, we'll be back right here again. I guess we're gonna we'll do another one this week, uh, one of these days. I have a, a third podcast this week as well. So stay tuned as we ramp up all of our content. We'll have some more live shows up on YouTube and Facebook and um, and Periscope and anywhere else. Maybe maybe I'll do Twitch or something like that. We'll see. But uh, yeah, you know, it's a, just a touch of a button and we're there. So um, anyway, well, you know, thanks Dan for coming on. Great breakdowns. I can't wait to see the game twos. And don't forget, sports fans, if people break down, not a channel or a conversation. Are you in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>